You're listening to the Short Shift Podcast, proud member of the Black and Gold Podcast Network. You can support the show by leaving a comment and five-star rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Cynically acclaimed, incredibly online. And now your hosts, Thomas Nystrom, Andrew Johnson, and Ian Bonner. Enjoy the show. Hi, folks. We are back for another episode of the Short Shift Podcast. This is Thomas Nystrom. I've got Andrew Johnson and Ian Bonner with me. Guys, let's blow apart our agenda right off the bat. Big news just in the last couple hours. Charlie McAvoy may be nearing a contract extension, according to the big guys. How are you feeling about that right now? Nervous. Shocked. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't didn't think it was going to happen before the season. I didn't even think that was on the radar. Dude, do the Bruins ever, am I just wrong? It feels like the Bruins never extend someone early. And now our biggest free agent other than Bergeron next year is, I mean, the talks have started. It feels like they're really trying to do it before we really even get started. What do you think the point of leaking this information is, though? Because it's not even really leaking. Like, they straight up just announced that they're trying to get this done. Well, Steve Conroy of the Boston Herald made a really good point um, today saying the only the, a big reason why Cam Neely would leak this is that they're really close, is that they're, they're really close and that they feel comfortable enough that of this information of this information getting out into the world. Maybe like just a nudge. Yeah, exactly. Like, let's get this done. Like, let's really make this happen. Yeah. Exactly. So. I'm thinking I'm, man, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I'm looking at all the contracts that were signed during free agency period. And what are you guys thinking, man? What are you nervous about? What are you nervous about? I don't care if it's 10 million. I don't care if it's 11 million. Fuck me, 12 million. I would pay this guy. I don't give a shit. Yes. Do I want it to be a lower number? Of course. I need eight years of McAvoy in my life. Eight more years. I don't give a shit. This guy is the pillar of our team. I apparently that is a controversial statement because I feel like I've put that out on Twitter and people be like, whoa, slow your roll. Like, no, (laughs) McAvoy is the Bruins right now. He is the best player on the Bruins right now. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. I'm going to stick with it. You pay him whatever it takes to keep him. I'm not nervous. You guys know my rule about how long I want contracts, how long I feel comfortable about contracts, except for rare occasions. This is a rare occasion. This is a rare occasion, and eight years is fine. I saw eight, nine million get leaked out there. Holy shit, if we could keep it under 10, Sweeney wins again. But if it's 10, 11, you know what? I feel like trying to get it done now is maybe just the fear of, holy shit, this dude may break out this year, and he may start catching wind that somebody's willing to give him 12, 13. Bruins may not be willing to give him that money. Fucking lock him down now. He, it's he seems like now. he wants to be here mm-hmm. at this point. Like he, he seems like he wants to be in Boston. He wants to be part of the next core, which is funny because he is that right core. Now. Yeah. Yeah. This and the next one. So what do you guys, can you guys give a ballpark estimate as to what you think? I think I, eight, eight, 10 and I'm fine. 
Yeah. I think I think it's actually going to come on under 10 because everything I've been seeing about these talks, no one has even climbed close to that high. So I, I don't know. I'm not nervous because yeah. I don't care. I just need him in my life. They're not going to garnish our wages if they pay him a little bit above 10. So mm-hmm. garnish it, it our wages. It's, it's some <laughs> other douchebags money. Let's just fucking lock it down. And it, honestly, if he if he resigns, especially like eight year deal, it's probably within 24 hours that I'm finally going to bite the bullet and order a McAvoy jersey because mm-hmm. oh, I've nice. I've been wanting to for <laughs> been wanting to for two seasons now and just haven't pulled the trigger. I've been really jersey shy lately, but uh, same that might put me over. Yeah, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> I'll say, I haven't bought a jersey in like eight months. I, oh I'm poor. God. I can't afford it. Oh my right God. Now. Yes. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> you, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to say firmly because this makes it because I'm going to say firmly nine mm-hmm. or nine point or 9.0. What we think it would be 9.02, 9.01 because eight years, 73 million, 73 million would make a whole lot of sense because, mm-hmm. you know, hockey players like to do that shit. They like to do the the weird romantic things. I know what you're talking about. Right. Yeah. To Thomas's point, though, this is very much an advantage for the Bruins to do it now. Yep. Because he's only going to get better. Yeah. Especially and, after seeing some of these contracts this offseason where it's just like, yeah. holy shit, what is happening right now? It's like, <laughs> I'd much rather them just lock him in than put him on questionable lines, hoping he doesn't play out of this world this season. Like, that's, an, that's a lose-lose situation for the Bruins. Like, Maybe this puts a stop to the fucking Forbert shit. <laughs> right. I don't know. What if, and what if we struggle a little bit this year? Season ends. It doesn't end the way we want it to. McAvoy might be frustrated after a great season from him. He looks over and the Rangers are building something. Mm-hmm. He can go back home and they'll try to give him whatever they can. Obviously, they don't really have the, the cap situation to do mm-hmm. anything major. But, I mean, there are things to worry about in a year. If he isn't signed to an extension, that's really possible. Mm -hmm. I think the thing that makes this really telling is that this didn't come from Sweeney. This came from the guy who doesn't talk much anymore. This came from Neely himself. This is like his first like public appearance to me in a year. Like what has he honestly done in the last even six months? Like this has been such a big off season and you don't hear Dick squat from this guy. It's amazing. It's a cra- it's crazy how quickly Boston fan base and Boston media will listen when Cam Neely speaks up. Mm-hmm. Yep, for sure. For sure. I, when- he, he probably protects himself by not talking a lot, though. Yeah. <laughs> this fan base. Oh, just that's totally. Yeah, everybody. that's absolutely by design. But I think Cam, Cam Neely also is one of those people where it's like, oh, I have to go out there again and talk to these fucks. <laughs> 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 That's Those what happened kids. with Felger and Maz. He stopped doing the Felger and Maz because he couldn't stand Felger anymore. Yeah, well, because Felger can. doesn't watch the Felger doesn't watch hockey. You can't convince Felger's me. Yeah, because Felger's hockey. a prick, you know, and yeah. you know, you and, cannot convince me the guy has ever watched a game in the last five years. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's talking about. Like you listen to his opinions, you're like, that's blatantly wrong. Like that's yeah. literally blatantly wrong. And he's still he's still pissed at the Bruins for using his sound clips as the playoff hype video from oh so good though oh so good i I still i have that saved on youtube i replay it every now and again john moore and wags uh clear waivers bro i didn't expect that at all not going on waivers or going them going them going on waivers i didn't expect them to even go on waivers but here they are they clear this is this was a surprise to me i think that 
it was pretty telling when Wags went on his media tour in Nesson over the summer. I think he kind of can kind of realizes that the time is running short on his playing career. Um, I don't think there was any shot of him making the team this year, and more seems to have a more seems to have a spot on this team because it appears that the Bruins are going to go with thirteen eight and two to start like they usually do. You know, thirteen forwards, eight defensemen, two goalies. But it was just really telling that he's reporting. He's actually reporting to the Providence Bruins. And we save about a $1.1 million in cap space because his burial, his buried salary is $235,000. That's a, that's a good deal. We're about 3 million under the cap to start the year. And I think we're going to have about 14 million in deadline space when the time comes. Uh, that was with both of them clearing. I think that, that was has changed to about seven million at the that's moment. That's seven million. But okay, that's still, a that's lot. Still, that's still that a lot can of happen. Money. Anyone goes on LTIR, that changes. Like, there's a lot that can still happen with yeah. deadlines. So I think um, I think it was always kind of a foregone conclusion, maybe that Wagner was going to go on waivers because he was the most variable contract, and he had just fallen off the earth uh, for the last two seasons. More on the other hand, I am actually Thomas. I'm with you. I'm mo- a lot more shocked that more went on. Waivers. That was that was the bigger surprise. Wags, yeah. you can Wags, you can figure out because of the contract, and also Wags seems like the kind of guy who would actually take the demotion and go down to Providence and do the right thing for the organization. And he did. And he did. Mm-hmm. I do think that this was always a plan with Wags. I think with John Moore, they went. No one's picking him up. The smart thing about this is they do not have to clear waivers again for 30 days once you've or already cleared. If yes. they play in 10 games. Or 10 games. First. So what this does, though, is if there is a need for John Moore or Wags for an amount of time, and then you have to send them back down again, after, you know, the first week and a half, two weeks of the season, there's a flurry of injuries, especially to your bottom six guys. I think it's kind of a way to also protect the asset a little bit. You knew they wouldn't get grabbed early in the season, but if somebody faced two injuries to their bottom six right off the bat and Wags cleared a week from now, or Wags went down on waivers a week from now, and they kind of went, you know what, veteran guy? Yeah, we'll snag him up for now. Yeah. I, th- I think it was kind of smart. Yeah, and Moore's back up now. Moore is back up yes. as of right now as the number eight. He's playing on the extra pair with uh, Jacob Zaborl. Yep. Um, but, yeah. There was that was an interesting move. I think it was a good move by Sweeney to be able to maximize Moore's flexibility, considering there's no money flexibility with it because it's yeah. one way. His money is the same either way. You know, just keep him up. Just keep him up here. You know, send him down if you need to clear a draft, uh, clear a roster space in the next thirty days. Yep. Right. No, just good on Chris Wagner for being being a good soldier. No one will ever accuse him of otherwise. And yeah, good on Sweeney for biting the bullet and sending more down. Had to be a tough conversation, but John Moore has earned his eighth defenseman spot. Mm-hmm. I thought he played well enough in the preseason and those around him played poor enough that he is your eighth defenseman. And I would agree with that. For yep. the first time in his career, he's learning how to play a new side too. And he looked decent enough doing it. So right. This guy is proving early on here in the preseason that he's going to do whatever he's asked to do. 
So, so Ian, you made a comment about the uh, bottom six injuries. We're already seeing that. So with Lazar week to week, who slots in on the fourth? So our options are Coolman or Bleed because they're the only ones still here. Yep. Uh, it's going to be Coolman, I believe, mm-hmm. because Coolman offers just a tad bit tad bit more than bleed does bleeds actually probably the safer option as far as defensively. Um, but I think Coleman's speed mixing in with those guys down there. I think it works out. I think it's tough though, because now you have a really weird line of Freddie, no sick Coleman, no sick and Coleman can kind of fly, but Freddie still has that difficulty with the first pass at times. It's tricky. That line might not look good for, for at least a week or two. I do like how bleed kind of got the attaboy for, you know, being such a good, being such a good soldier, having a fantastic, he did, he had a fantastic preseason, all things considered. And the Bruins were like, you know, great job. You're going to be in the Providence leadership core to start. And you're going to be in the Providence leadership core when you get sent down. But for now, here's a feather in your cap. You make the opening day roster. I don't know how much we're going to actually see of bleed. I hope we don't see any of bleed because that means nobody else gets hurt. But yeah, uh, Kuhlman, Noshik, and Freddy, Freddy is going to be, that's going to be, that's going to be a tough line. That is going to be a tough line. Uh, I love watching Kuhlman fly around the ice. I love watching Noshik just with dogged determination and just being the trigger man on that fourth line. Will Frederick be able to get in the puck? Will Kuhlman be able to get in the puck? Like, Frederick, I really hope he's not a dead weight on that line. I really, I'm really, i trying so hard not to be pessimistic about him being on there to start. But I'm having trouble, man. <laughs> I think, Jesus, I think you could have wrote a book. You could have wrote a book on this. What a statement. That's a monologue about this. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think, I think Blee's probably the would have been the safer option, but it almost makes me wonder if they're just throwing out the speed on that line. If they're just looking for that line to come in, empty the gas tank, shorter shifts. Hey, look at that. Hey, he said the thing. <laughs> yeah, he said the it's thing. In the title. <laughs> um, but seriously, like come out, empty the gas tank, be on the ice for 40 seconds, get the next line out there. Like just wear out the other team, just chasing them. Provided we, again, can get that first pass, can get the puck in the fucking attacking areas. And I don't know. It's That, that line does scare me, but it's I keep telling myself it's only going to be temporary. It's only temporary. Things are going to shake out. We know how hockey is. The first two months is going to be a, a clusterfuck. And mm-hmm. the hope is that you don't bury yourself in the standings right off the bat because we're in an extremely we're – in, we're in the best division, period. Best division in hockey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, pretty easily. I'd say. And that empty the gas tank sort of play. Don't want to beat this drum again, but I'm gonna. Would have been perfect for Oscar Steen to start the year. Oh, he'll be called up if need be. If that oh, line sure. struggles, sure. he will absolutely be brought up pretty quickly, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think he'd have a hard time sending him back down. I do think once he gets a shot on that fourth, it's going to be pretty tricky to be like, no, we're going to throw you back to Providence. Mm. The, his only flaw in his style of game is that he doesn't know where the brakes are. He's all gas, no brakes. Once he finds the brake pedal just a little bit, I think he's an NHLer who can stick. Yeah. Yeah. I worry about him third period. 
because he's one of those guys that, I mean, it's not infinite gas, man. No, Eventually no. he does run low and it's a, it gets kind of, kind of gross at that point. He and gets a little, dicey. Yeah. yeah. What about stud? But what about him? He's not here. So let's not talk how, about it. I don't how, care. Oh my God. Oh, Ian, how soon Ian. do you think we're going to have a chance at seeing him? Because obviously a lot of people are like with everything going on with, with the the waivers and everything else, a lot of people were immediately saying stud, stud, stud. Stud is not a fourth liner. Stud is not a winger. He's meant to be up the middle. Everybody needs to calm down. He's going to be here. How soon, though? It's an unfortunate truth, but it's all reliant on injuries. Yeah. It just takes, if DeBrusque or Foligno goes down, Howla can play the wing. If anyone in the top six goes down, it creates a trickle effect. He'll be in. But until someone in the top nine has an injury, I have a hard time seeing us pull the trigger in the first month of, of getting somebody out because there's so many new pieces. I'm definitely going to admit of being very bummed that he didn't make the team. I'm a little bummed, yeah. He did everything plus plus that was asked of him. But... I understand the logic and I know a lot of Bruins fans don't want to hear that, but I understand, I understand the logic. He is not going to be served playing nine minutes a night on the fourth line centering Trent Frederick and Carson Coleman. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, and he's, and he's also not going to be served playing on the wing. Not everyone can slot in on the wing. He kind of proved that last year. They want him at center. They want him to play center. Whenever he sticks, they want him to play center. Yep. So I'm bummed that he didn't make it because he deserved. He de- this, is a, this is a tough area because to say that he deserved to make the team means he deserves to bump somebody out on that fourth line. I think he played well enough. He played well enough to make the team, but because of the numbers game, Thomas, you said last week that you would love to be a fly on the wall of that conversation between Cassidy and Stanika. I would love to, I would have loved to have heard what was said in that conversation when they said, we're sending you down, but you're going to play top line, all situations in Providence. Yep. And I'm looking forward to uh, Sunday because I'm going to be at my Hartford Civic Center. I'm going to catch that game, and I'm going to see Stadnika live, and I'm going to send all kinds of fucking text messages to Ian and mm-hmm. pictures. and mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, Pictures, please, from behind. Uh, I do want to go back to what I said. I want to, say, I want to go back to what I said bitch. last week. I want to go back to what I said last week. When I talk about deserving to play on the opening night roster, he outperformed everyone in our bottom six during the preseason. He deserves and earned a spot on the roster. There are other things that come into play that prevented him from being there. Yep. I think that's but, a better way of putting it. That's right. what I, exactly what I want, how I wanted to put it. Excellent summary of three minutes of Andrew talking. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's just feeling monologue tonight. I love it. It's, he just wants to get I don't that. know. I don't know. I'm just, we got just, a pretty good editor for this. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? I don't know. Some dick. <laughs> Wait, but I do want to, I do want to ask, do you guys think we're close to a Krastov? I don't know how to say the same 
Kravtsov, Kravtsov, Kravtsov. The Rangers. Please put uh, buzzers in every single. Yes, over over so over. many buzzers. God, that's gonna get so annoying. I'm sorry, everyone. Turn down the volume. Uh, <laughs> Kravtsov. All right, there's no way that's right. right? <laughs> no, I don't know either, so it's fine. <laughs> the Rangers prospect who has asked for a trade and been given permission to look elsewhere. I don't want to deep dive into that, but do you think? We're going to creep towards that with Studnika if we go a couple months and Studnika is still down in Providence. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say no just because I don't want to will that into existence and I'm mad that you even brought up that possibility. Fair. Slam That's the a fair door. Point. We run our organization just a little bit better than the Rangers do, so let's, <laughs> let's just roll with that. In Kraftsoft's situation, this is the second time he's done this, though. This is true. True. So true. there's a precedent there. Hope it works out for him. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, man, my heart goes out to the Rangers. Yeah, seriously. Does it? Does it? Chris Drury, what are you doing over there, man? You're having a tough first eight months. I tell you what. Uh, James Dolan's going to trade him to Buffalo because you, you Chris cannot Drury? tell me Drury is running that team. Oh, he's going to trade Kraft stuff. I get it now. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, how do you trade a GM? Can you do that? We want Kevin Adams. He's more of a yes man. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Similar situations, actually, Buffalo and Rangers. Yeah, yeah. One's having more success, clearly, but I don't want to name who. Yeah, right. But it's the Rangers. I'm sorry, <laughs> Buffalo. God, we beat up on this team too much. We're fucking shitting on the Rangers, and it turns into shitting on Buffalo. Like, what Tage are we Thompson doing? Thompson is a 2C. 40 points, 14 wins, baby! <laughs> if that guy was under six feet, he wouldn't even have made the fucking league. Yeah. That's not true. He did have... He, he had some talent, but he has not looked good uh, since coming up. Well, boys, before we get to our interview, uh, when we welcome James Iacovoni from the high and wide podcast covering the flyers and do a little bit of preview because I think that's, I think that's the game that is probably the going to be the better matchup. It's not the one that we're necessarily looking at because it's not opening night, but it's definitely the better matchup this weekend. Sure. Um, yeah. Before we get into that, I want to try out a little rapid fire thing. I'm going to, I'm going to just throw out some words at you and I need your answers as quick as possible. This isn't necessarily the short 60, so I won't smash that button. But I'm sure I'm, I'm sure you guys wouldn't mind a little bit of dramatic music behind this, anyways. Who wants to uh, Who wants to go first on this? Uh, I'm volunteering. I'll go. I, 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 yeah, let's do this. I got Ian, this. Ian, we just assume that Ian's going to go first because he's just the guinea pig at this point. Seriously, this is the last one to join this. Yeah, you're the last one to join this podcast, so we're going to shit on you first. Yeah, there we go. All right, so seasons first. You ready? Seasons first. Got it. Okay. First, first Bruins goal. Uh, Hall. Who gets the assist? McAvoy. Who's taking a penalty? McAvoy. Yeah, yeah. Cross-checking, for sure. <laughs> Who's the first Bruin to throw gloves? Uh, Coolman. Okay. Whoa. Okay. He's going to get mixy in this first uh, couple games. I'd love it. I would love it. That'd be fantastic. Uh, I love this one. Broken stick because we all know it's going to be pasta. Uh, yeah, it's going to be pasta for sure. Yeah. <laughs> what's what's the first controversial moment you predict for the Bruins this year? Uh, it's you know what I'm going to mimic what happened last night. It's or not what happened last night. It's going to be a high lob offsides that it's going to be high enough where you're like I have no clue if it was offsides or not, and everyone's going to fight over it, even though no one has a good answer. And you know what? I'm going to double down. It's going to be coiled to Smith. You just want to shit on Coyle just that little bit, right? 
I thought you were gonna go with the kick because that was a fucking kick, dude. That yeah, was a that kick. was a kick. That, that was, was a, a kick. kick. It's what a kick in the Why are we nuts debating for what Seattle, a, dude? Why are we honestly, debating what a kick is? Yeah. I don't get it at all. I'm just the, for the Bruins' first controversy. It's gonna be a high lob offsides. That's what I'm gonna go with. But yeah, what, that was a kick. Which goal is gonna get the first shutout? Oh, Mark's gonna get the first shutty. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What's the uh, What's the first moment that's gonna make you change your jerseys all around your fucking walls? <laughs> uh, let's let's go with a comeback. And uh, we lead the game by three goals and end up losing uh, in the first, let's say, week, two weeks. Well, the first two weeks of the season. What's the first thing that's gonna piss me off and make me start blasting people on this podcast? We lose to the Canes and. And during the game, the ESPN crew talks about how rich the history of the Canes is with the Whalers. I don't even want to fucking acknowledge that. <laughs> Just talking about the Whalers during that sports cast, it's probably going to be the trigger. Mm -hmm. That's that's probably what I'm going to have to just log out of Twitter for a little bit and just walk away. Yep. There's going to be some hockey equipment through your TV. <laughs> What's what's going to be, this is such a tug on his own tits here. What's the moment that Andrew is going to be uh, revealed as smarter than most Bruins fans? I'm going to point out that Ian wrote that one <laughs> I wrote that one in. I wrote that one in. <laughs> um, the third line is going to be dynamite, and DeBrusque will have two goals in the first game. Beautiful. I think we're all rooting for that, right? Like, nobody yeah, should be are. rooting against that. No. Yes, we are. Hmm. Uh, moment that reveals Ian is a fucking moron. On those two goals, Forbert's going to have two assists as well. He's going to assist <laughs> both of those goals. <laughs> oh, man. That would be so perfect. That would, would be, be so great. Perfect. Something we're rooting for, but also feel terrible about. Uh, who's who's the first uh, suspension? League-wide. Like, not even just Bruins. Just league-wide. Uh, what would be funny here? Um... A Kraken player. Let's uh, let's go with Vince Dunn with a dirty hit. Gets <laughs> okay. suspended. Vince Dunn, all right. So yeah. random. So <laughs> random. Oh, but if man. I hit on this, I'm going to be amazed. Like, I'm going to look so smart. I'm going to be so smart. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> Ian, why don't, you, uh, why don't you fire those back at us? And me and okay. Andrew will just double team this shit. Let's do it. Okay. So season's first, gentlemen. Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay, season's first goal. McAvoy. It's got to be Marshawn. Marshawn scores the first goal fucking every time. It feels like he always scores. Okay, who's the assist? <sighs> Probably Bergie. McAvoy, too. Grizzlick. Yeah. Grizzlick. Yeah, All right, I would there love you that. go. I ain't going to fight you, you on that. I'll take that. <laughs> Let's see if you guys disagree with my penalty. Who's the first penalty? Frederick. <laughs> Bear. You just you just wanted to throw that out there. Honestly, it's going to be something inconsequential. It's going to be like Coyle or or DeBrusque or something like that. It's going to be a nothing thing. Okay. Uh, first fight. Clifton. Ooh, that's actually would, a pretty solid answer. I would yeah. actually love to see Clifton in the first fight. You know, honestly, I'll take anybody other than Frederick and not because of who he is, but just because I don't want it to be so fucking obvious. I don't want people to be like, there's the guy, like there's there's the reason he's on this team because it's not the fucking reason he's on the team, guys. Like he has he has a bigger role and he needs to develop into that bigger role other mm -hmm. than just fucking punching people. 
Okay, so the seasons, I don't even know why I'm asking this. The season's first broken stick because we all know it's going to be pasta. Yeah, it's just it's just pasta. It's going to be pasta. It's just going to be pasta. Great. Yeah, it's going to be on it'll it'll be on the opening fucking drive to like it'll be right. it'll be in the face off circle he'll be standing outside right waiting for the uh the tip from bergeron lean too far on his stick and fall on his face like it's <laughs> the dude goes through so many twigs it's ridiculous it's crazy he's got a decent yeah. little contract though he'll take yep. care of it what uh what's gonna be the season's first controversial moment for the bruins um we get shut out opening night denton heinen scores two goals the next night for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and then people start to sing, "Why can't we get guys like that?" Something tiny like you're that. You're just fucking. That's just I, gasoline I, and matches, bro. Like, I love you? it. I love it. That's what this whole segment is. <laughs> this is this is gas and matches. Yeah, uh, that's I that's think what's that's called gas and it. matches. There, there we go. It Let's go. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed um, it. Fuck. Controversial moment. Honestly, it's it's probably not going to be right off the bat, but I think I think the stud conversation is going to be the the big talking point. Oh, the ongoing stud. I love it. That's a good answer. The ongoing soap opera. I I like that one. I actually like that one. Who um who gets the first shout out? It it has to be it has to be Swayman because Swayman he will he will lead the team in shutouts. Olmark doesn't like I I, without the stats in front of me. Olmark just comes as a a guy who's bend but don't break. Mm -hmm. Whereas Swayman has the ability to just just be on fire some nights and just lock it the fuck down. I'll push back and say Hallmark. Okay. I, think I just got a feeling I'm on my own island about Swayman then. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Weird. That's the first controversy. Yep. Uh, <laughs> a moment that makes me rearrange my jerseys. Just <laughs> giving up the first goal, going down 0-1 in the first game. You know me so well. Yeah, it's you're, it's going to be immediate. You're a fucking psychopath. It's ridiculous. Hallmark <laughs> <laughs> getting Allmark getting pulled. Second game Ooh. of the season. Oh God, that is awful. We like, are wishing, I, or we're, we're throwing way too much crap out into the universe. I'm not enjoying this segment. Yeah, this is awful. This segment <laughs> sucks. Who thought of this? Uh, first moment that makes Thomas go on a rant. I, I, you probably nailed it, dude. It's, I, I probably won't rant too much until the Canes game. And we've got a little bit of time. I think that I'm going to be a happy, positive guy for a few weeks. And fuck, I'm pathetic. Stay away from I'm the just, pregame. I'll pathetic. tell you that right now. Yeah. Their pregames are going. They're getting all fun with them and everything. They're gonna dive into the case. Well, especially now that it's based in 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 Bristol, like home base is Bristol. It's with an earshot of Hartford. I swear to God, if they do the fucking Monday Night Football thing when they're at Gillette and they show the skyline of downtown Boston and they show a goddamn clip of Hartford, I'm flipping the TV and I will drive the six minutes that it takes me to get to ESPN headquarters and take a dump on their front steps just like Ohio State. With a so, resume in your hand, do yes. not lie. Yeah, with a, yeah, with a resume. <laughs> so to point, I want to point out that that category is now closed. That was Thomas's first rant of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to answer, Andrew? Are you good with that? Nope, being closed? that was okay, it. That awesome. was it. Andrew, what is the moment that's going to make you look smarter than all the other Bruins fans? Second game of the season, the opening pairing is Grizzlick McAvoy, and everybody gets down on their knees. I don't think you're on an island with that one, but yeah. I, I, I'd be very happy to see it. Yep. Yep. Thomas, do you have anything for that one, or are you just going along with it? I, don't encourage just, me, Thomas. There's just nothing that's going to make me think that Andrew is a smarter Bruins fan than some of the people <laughs> that tweet at us. <laughs> I agree with 90% of his takes, but holy shit, I love it when he's wrong. 
Yeah, same. Hey, uh, <laughs> do you want to guess at a moment that reveals Ian is a fucking moron? Because you'll have your pick. I think. Uh, this this segment, uh, and then <laughs> Thomas is like, I love this segment now. <laughs> it just allows me to just shit on whoever is in my path. This is great. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't honestly have a uh, have a real one. Honestly, okay. like Ian's it the is, nice one, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be gentle with him. He's he's very he's. Bless your heart. That's uh, that's what I'll say. Oh no, I live around bless your heart types. No man, bless right, your heart parts. guys. I actually gets... do have one. I actually oh, do you have do. one, and it's an ongoing one. Oh no, Connor Clifton takes on more responsibility uh, and becomes a core defenseman. Oh, I would be so happy to be. We would wrong both be so them. happy, man. Yeah, exactly. So happy. But these are win-win scenarios. But it's gonna make Ian with his Cliffy rants, which were a whole selling point of my vitriol. channel. <laughs> they were the selling point of my channel. I'm going to like my channel's going to die because I'm not shitting on Clifton anymore. I will say that <laughs> of the three of us, Ian is way more capable of admitting when he's wrong than the other two. There's that no fucking way. accurate as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Good job by me, I guess. Yeah. Uh, guys, who gets the first suspension of the season league wide? God, I hope uh, it's Tom Wilson. <laughs> I just hope it is just. Let's in just, this Rangers it'll game. make it it'll make it feel like a real fucking hockey season right off the bat. Does anybody know of any uh AHL AHL only grinders that could be brought up just to be an idiot <laughs> around the league? Uh, Ian, Ian McKinnon for the Bruins. Ian McKinnon would be a great option for that, actually. Yeah. God, um, he came up. He really came up for camp and was like, I am not going to play any fucking hockey. I'm not going to play a lick of hockey. I'm going to fight everyone, though. <laughs> and Mujanel literally just said, Get, sit, sit down. Just Could you play some hockey, though? Could like, you? Please? <laughs> I was so, I felt so good when Mujanel, like, just, literally echoed by statements about him after the games uh, at the the prospect challenge. It was just like, we got to see him play hockey at some point. And I was like, thank you. I sometimes know what I'm talking about, but oh, serious man. answer. First suspension of the season. Um, I'm going to go weird with it. Ristolainen. Okay. I love that pick though. That'd Being be really a funny. fucking oaf. Yeah. I'm going to have to, we I all can't, are going to DM James. Yeah. I can't wait to get James opinion on Risto. Because mm-hmm. that's such a polarizing trade. <laughs> yes, there's no way he likes the trade. Right? No, there's no way. No, there's no way. No I, we may be we may be wrong, and he may defend it to a point. But I think it's time we go ahead and bring in the Flyers guests and try to get a feel for at least half of what we were either right or wrong about. So let's uh, let's go ahead and get James on the line here. Connecting to Akavoni. Akavoni. I like how you're just going to try. You're just going to go for it. <laughs> I'm going to try it. James Iacovone. Wow, you got it, dude. First try. Wow, okay. What? I, extra syllable and everything. I I didn't see that at all. I was Incredible. trying to figure it out in my head. Andrew, what? Andrew never gets names right, so yes, he's going to make incredible. me put that on the podcast. Very no, you impressive. are. You are absolutely going to do that. And that ding that you put at the end of it is going to be super fucking loud. Oh, no. The audio got corrupted right there. Oh, oh no. James, what's going on, bro? Not much, guys. Thanks for having me on. We got a, another Flyer fan over here. I see a lot of No, I just... In the background. <laughs> I knew I was going to have to explain this. So I am a, I'm a Jersey collector. And I never have a reason to put on a Flyers jersey. But I was like, this is it. This is my one reason since I've bought this thing. <laughs> Looks good on a, you, man. 
We got the Leclerc going. So oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. What is behind you? I gotta ask this. Oh, that's uh, Nicki Minaj. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> that's my casual Nicki Minaj flag back here. Yeah. <laughs> can we can we snap this and put it? This is amazing. What? That's incredible, man. Thank That's incredible. That's so good. It's my, one of my I, most I, proud I, Amazon yeah, I'm gonna purchases. Need that. I'm going to need that clipped. <laughs> did, he do believes, you like he believes in that flag because it's covering up some jerseys back there. So. Oh, I got a couple back there. Yeah, let me show you real quick. <laughs> oh, you got the ghost? <laughs> yeah, so I got a, an old ghost um, given away in a bet. Ghost has to score 60 points you know, at some point in the rest of his career, and, and mm. I give that away. It's not happening. So this is going to be up here forever. Yeah. Uh, we have the Italy soccer jersey. Mm. Love it. And then we have uh, an autographed Keith Primo that I won in uh, an eBay auction for 40 bucks, believe it or not. Nice. 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 That's a nice good. steal, yeah. Cool. yeah. eBay's a good way to find that stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I wish. Gotta I get lucky, I, though. Yeah, it was one that I forgot I bid on, and then all of a sudden, like, I'm getting a, sh- I'm getting a shower on my way to work, and... uh. I get that notification that you're about to win the auction. And I'm like, oh shit, forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, 40 nice. bucks. Excellent. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, Instead of finding a $20 bill in your jacket, you found a fucking hockey jersey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So James, James, you're on uh, high and wide hockey. Yes, sir. Uh, covering, covering the flyers. You got a, you got a couple of guys on there with you. I watched oh. a little bit of the, uh, the webcast. It's a good show. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, we started up, uh, I think this is our fourth season now. Uh, it's funny because we started up and uh, I had no idea what the hell I was doing. Not a tech <laughs> guy. And, uh, you know, I started it up just as a hobby. And, you know, here we are in our fourth season. You know, we have a team now. And we've had all kinds of, of guests on, players, former players, you know, uh, prospects, players, uh, people connected to this person, that person, made a bunch of friends. Dude, I, I love it. It's it's. It's fun. I never had a hobby before, and this is, you know, this is great. I get to hang out with you guys, too. Like, everything's great. I love people. I love talking to people, meeting new people. And uh, here I am on your guys' show. I love it. I definitely appreciate having you, man. I got to ask you you right off the bat. This is kind of how I started started last season, because with the matchups and everything, it was really easy to have a guest on who represented a team. Sure. And really just dive into the other team. Now it's obviously this year we're going back to the old schedule style and it's going to be a little bit more frantic. But looking at our schedule, the first couple of games, the Flyers are always going to stand out to a Boston fan just because Philly Boston, regardless of sports, is a good yeah. rivalry. It absolutely uh, is. Yeah. Last year, uh, I don't remember exactly what me and Andrew had as far as picks, but we definitely both had the Flyers making the playoffs. And yeah. I felt like last year was a little bit of a disappointment. What was what was your standing on that? Oh, and man. Do, do you think you're jumping back up out of that? Yeah, to say it was a little bit of a disappointment is an understatement, man. We were like, we were devastated. We couldn't believe what was happening. But I mean, right away in the beginning of the season, the way that they were playing, you knew something was off. You know, it was like they were losing games close and, and they were winning games. And it was like, well, you know, they could turn this around, but if they don't, Things could get bad really, really quick. And, you know, the latter happened. Um, so it was like full, full on panic mode. Like everyone's questioning Carter Hart. Um, I mean, you guys saw the offseason. We knew a bunch of guys needed to be shipped out. Voracek, Casas Bear, uh, Nolan Patrick. Um, and then some of the guys that we brought in were excited about. Cam Atkinson, Ryan Ellis. 
Uh, Ristolainen is one of those polarizing players that's already, you know, people are on this side of the fence and that side of the fence. Oh, we're going to, we're going to get your opinion on him in a minute. Okay, cool. Yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we are. We might be on different sides of the fence on that one. <laughs> I loved the Ellis pickup big time. Oh I thought God. that was beautifully that done. That was probably one of the best trades of the offseason. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. I was at a, uh, I was at a baptism and I, I left to go uh, do a quick podcast because I was Ryan Ellis is one of my favorite players yes, outside of the Flyers. Yep. So I took off. I said, yeah, I'll be right back. And, and I did a quick show because I was just so stoked that the Flyers had gotten Ryan Ellis. And then for who they gave up for him, mm-hmm. it was just, uh, dude, it was one of the best trades uh, that I've, I've seen in all my years as a Flyers fan. Yeah, it yeah. felt like he gave up nothing for a great yeah, ex- player. Exactly. For a great yeah. player. And I've been following his career. I, I lived in Nashville for a while, so like I'm, I have a soft spot for following the Preds, and Ellis was one of my favorite players, period. It's I hard. think he's such a good fit for Philadelphia, it actually pisses me off. That's awesome. I love to hear that. I'm ex- <laughs> I mean, not that you're pissed off, but you know. <laughs> no, you love to hear that too. That. You're a Flyers you fan. Right? That. You got to have you the rivals, man. <laughs> I do like Nashville. We've we've gotten some pretty good players from Nashville in the past. Hartnell, Teeman, and uh, and and now Ryan Ellis. So it's you, kinda, you, I like you guys. Place. You guys had the uh, the claim on Weber too that set oh, that off right. years ago. That was that was an interesting time that's back right. in the day, man. It was. So it give sure me was. give me your opinion on Risto. So uh, I'm not as much against him as, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the analytic crowd is already hoping that he fails. You know what I mean? You, you know how, I mean, I, I get analytics. They're, they're a good tool for the game, but a lot of that crowd, I feel like they hope guys will fail just so they can prove that their numbers are correct. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm kind of like, eh, you know, this guy, I get the whole sentiment, right? They're going to take away some responsibilities from him and put him on a second pair and see how he shakes out with with Travis Sanheim and I'm a hopeful I'm a hopeful guy I hope it works out but I I can see each player getting caught out of position and leaving the other guy out to dry and as fans you know they'll go to the guy that they don't like first so in this case it's Rasmus Ristolainen I don't know it's it's going to be a project that second pair I don't dislike the guy but he wasn't my first choice you know as a guy that I would have liked him to bring in yeah. How did how did you feel when the news broke of the trade, seeing that you were giving up a first yeah. along with a second next year and Robert Hag? Not that Hag's going to amount to much, but sure. Yeah, I mean, your first impression is I don't know if you can curse on this show, but it was absolutely. Please do. <laughs> it was holy <laughs> shit. Like we just gave up all this for for Rista Linen on a one year deal. Yeah. And uh, you know, so. Eventually, you kind of talk yourself down a little bit. You're like, ah, oh, first round pick in this year's draft. It's kind of a crapshoot. Who's Isaac Rosen? Like, that's who the Sabres ended up taking mm-hmm. with the pick. It's like, all right, I don't know who that guy is. And, uh, you know, Robert Haig, I think the Flyers had to move him to, you know, work out the salary cap or something. So that's where the second round pick comes in. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys have heard of Sam Tuomala, the, the guy they chose in the second round. He's basically a first round pick. So that kind of eases things a little bit now. But initial reaction was like, you know, on one hand, you're extremely excited because they went out and got Ryan Ellis, the guy that you want. And then like the next week, you're like, oh, my God, like, what are you doing? You know, like that's it's peak flyers right there. Yeah, it it felt like they won the Ellis trade so much that they had to go back and kind of fuck a trade up a little bit. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So those two trades kind of show that there was a emphasis on strengthening you guys' defense from last year 
and sort of insulating Carter Hart. Mm. How much did you think Carter Hart's season had to do with his play? And how much did you think had to do with sort of the defensive structure or non-structure as it may be yeah. for the Flyers? No, do I you think, think Carter Hart yeah. can bounce back? So I'll answer that first. I, I do. But I think uh, last year, yeah, all that factored in. The team defense was a mess. Well, I, I, like, I don't want to use excuses that every, every other team had to go through all the COVID stuff. But some of the stuff that's you know that came out slowly after the off season was like these guys didn't train right during the off season. Uh, you know, different rules and regulations were up in Canada, and the majority of the roster is Canadian. I think guys came in out of shape. Uh, it was just a weird year, and uh, you know, uh, it was tough for me to blame Hart for you know a lot of what happened. But he he was to blame for some of it as well. It was a collective effort for you know, the year that Carter Hart had. Um, and I think he can bounce back. I think he, um, I think he will, you know, maybe, maybe not to the tune of how he played two years ago, but he'll absolutely almost by default be better than last year. Yeah, Cause he can't, he can't get any, he couldn't. No, if you, if he's as bad as last year, like people are going to start hitting the panic button on, mm-hmm. on Carter Hart. And Brian Elliott was really bad this year. So uh, last year, so you know, Cliff Fletcher responds and signs Martin Jones. Yeah. What did you think of that? Uh, I, I hated it to tell you the truth. Uh, <laughs> That's fair. That's- <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember watching Martin cause I used to watch like, uh, I'm a, I'm a night owl. So I watch the West coast games and I stay up late and everything. So I was watching this, the sharks games, if they play the avalanche or whatever. And like, if there's one goalie that stuck out in my mind that lets in absolutely horrendous goals, it's, it's Martin Jones. And when they signed him, I'm like, how does that, how does that make sense? Like, how is this going to help anything, right? If, if you could be playing the, the most cleanest defensive game possible, and all of a sudden this guy lets in a stinker, you know? Um, I don't know. Brian Elliott was reliable. I wasn't crazy for him either. Apparently, there's some kind of connection with the goalie coach, right? Kim Dillaball used to be the goalie coach in Los Angeles with uh, Martin Jones. That's right. And that's, and that's why they brought him in. So it's like kind of like a project type thing. But there were other names out there. You didn't have to sign a project guy for $2 million for a season. You know, you could have went out and got somebody, I don't know, better. Right. <laughs> I, I really think if there's one positive to be taken from the Martin Jones situation, because I do think Carter Hart is going to bounce back. I really do think that. And I thought during watching the Lake Tahoe game, something was just off. There was something wrong mentally that was going on with Hart. See, I said the same thing. It was just thing. weird. Stuff that you would never see him let in. No. But the Martin Jones signing kind of super takes the pressure off of Carter Hart because no one's taking the job from him. Like, you would think, no right? one's like, taking the job for like Jones is not taking the job from Hart. Who's right? Who's all that pressure going on to right now? I get that. I'm trying to spin this in a nice way, no, but <laughs> like in a good I'm, way. I mean, this kind of leads into my next question. Elaine Vigneault seemed to not be pushing all the right buttons towards the end of, or really for the bulk of last season. He's probably on the hot seat on a national standpoint. What is the feeling on him as a Flyers fan? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I like Elaine Vigneault. Um, I like the style of coach that he is. Uh, I don't want to, I think I'm more old school in the way that, you know, I think a leader or a coach should be, you know, I, I like tougher, like even we all played sports, even growing up, I liked coaches that were tougher on me. I didn't like mm-hmm. guys that babied other players because I think it allowed them to, 
you know, do things that they shouldn't do. Whereas if you, if you have a guy that keeps you focused, keeps you honest, I think that's what some players need. And uh, I like it. I like Vigneault a lot. The assistant coach is not that crazy for. Uh, if Mike Yo ever becomes head coach of the Flyers, I may not watch. I really don't <laughs> like that guy. Yeah. It's Yo and uh, Michelle Terrian, correct? Yeah, he's another one. Yeah, not crazy for, but yeah, I, I like Vigneault. And uh, I think... You know, Chuck Fletcher in the offseason kind of showed everybody that, hey, like if we come back with the same players and fire the coach, we're kind of just spinning our tires here. Yeah. So I really like that he, he backed his coach and turned over some of the roster. And, well, and that's that's exactly it. He's he backed the coach and he got mm -hmm. rid of some of the less coachable players. Exactly. It's kind of a clean slate. I still think he's kind of on the hot seat because of how much of a letdown last year was. But if he sneaks into even the fourth seed in, the, in this division, He's right back where he should have been last year. Last year, Agreed. I think I, I, I'm trying to look back. I'm pretty sure I had them at three last year for the division. I'm, like I'm making the playoffs, but I don't, I don't remember. I think you had them. I think you had them having home ice advantage for at least the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, something like that. So I mean, yeah. just in general, like it was a letdown. I, I agree with you. Vigneault is, is more of a no nonsense, tough, old school coach. That message does or doesn't work depending on. The youth, but speaking of youth, Cam York, Frost, are we going to see them this year? I thought Frost was going to be up a lot more last year. I know he had some some injury yeah, issues or whatever. Hurt, but, like the but, second game, yeah. yeah, it's a good question. I think we were all hoping for Morgan Frost because he had a golden opportunity to to make the roster out of camp with Kevin Hayes out. Um, right. You know, he, he's only played. I I want to say. What's the what's the cutoff for Calder? Like thirty five games, or is it twenty five games to be eligible I, to win the? I think Calder it's twenty five. I think it's twenty five. And I don't even know if it was the same thing last year with the shortened season or anything like that. So and right, that might have so, been adjusted. In the in the last two seasons, he's played less than twenty five games with the Flyers. I think he played about forty. I want to say close to forty. You know, give or take with the Phantoms uh, the year prior. So he hasn't really played a lot of hockey. You know, in terms of game action in the last two years. So uh, I think a lot of fans, I'll speak for myself, I kind of tempered my expectations in camp. He looked good in rookie camp, which you would hope, but it didn't really translate to when NHL camp started. It looked like maybe he was worrying too much about the defensive responsibilities instead of, you know, just playing his game. So I'm okay with them starting him out in, in Lehigh Valley with the Phantoms to, you know, get his legs under him, get the speed back and everything, and then call him back up when he's ready. Um, but I'm just hoping that, you know, we, we actually see him perform when he gets to the NHL level. Because you're getting kind of like to the point where it's like, all right, maybe you got one more year, you know, and then we got to start kicking the tire on some, some moves here. Um, we know we have a few prospects like that. We yeah, understand yeah. that. Don't feeling remind big us. Time. <laughs> and you just saw Kravtsov with New York, right? It's like, mm -hmm. you know, he didn't crack the roster looking to move him. It's interesting. Yep. Uh, as far as Cam York, I think a lot of people would have liked to have seen him too. But uh, I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to bench Keith Yandel before he uh, yeah. breaks the, the record. So that's an interesting thing there. Maybe yes. after he breaks it, we'll see. <laughs> Hopefully he does anyway, you know. I would love to see York come up. Honestly, I would, I'm a Michigan fan, so I would have loved to have seen him return oh, for his, for his junior year. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen him on on this team and play his junior year. But Big Ten Defenseman of the Year, like he's a phenomenal prospect. Like I would, yeah. if I'm going to ask you this question in a little bit opposite way, but if there was a player on in your organization that I can pluck and throw into ours, it'd probably be Cam York. And maybe that's a little bit of motion, just being a Michigan fan. But 
phenomenal player, good body. Like he's, I, th- I think he's going to get some playing time in Philadelphia this year. And honestly, that'll probably be when I start watching Philadelphia the most. <laughs> he actually looked good in the preseason game. He did. Boston. Dude. He, he did. looked very, very good. He looks almost ready. Yeah. I, I think a lot of us uh, down here are thinking that he could be taking, at least I think he could be taking Travis Sanheim's spot. Eventually Sanheim only signed a two year deal. Uh, you know, we were told he's a top pairing defenseman, this and that. You guys know how it is. And uh, we, we haven't really seen top pair quality from him, which, which is why he's, you know, on the second pairing with Ristolainen. Yeah. So, Do you have, a, you have a prediction for where the Flyers are going to end up this season? It's just, uh, it's tough because it seems like they can be, they can be a contender in this division or they can just completely fall on their face. You guys are either going to hate this or, or love this, but uh, the start of every Flyer season – I get, I'm always so excited that every year they're going to go 82 and 0. I'm going to, I'm going to be angry at every single loss too. Yep. 16 and 0 in the playoffs. And then they're going to win the Stanley cup. That's my <laughs> expectation. No, in all seriousness, uh, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a dog fight, man. That, uh, the entire conference, so you know, it's, good. it's, it's good. And, and you know, the, the, what are they now? They're back in the metropolitan. It's, yep. you know, I, I, I don't know because four. You have to figure at least four teams are going to make it out of your guys' division, right? Yep. So uh, you would think. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's gonna be. It's gonna be tough. Uh, the Penguins are somehow magically always good, even when you you can't count them out. Even though yeah. I am again this year, but yeah. you know, they look pretty good me last, off night. last night. Oh yep, my god, me too. Back. The Capitals get older every year. We talk about how old and decrepit they are, and they still win the division or yeah. or second of the division every year. Yeah. I think the yeah, I think the Metro is definitely the most balanced division yes. in the yep. NHL. Wouldn't you love to play the Pacific this year? Yep. Oh yeah. my God, how fun <laughs> yes. would that be? Seriously. Just beat up on the California teams every <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you're, was, you uh, you see playoffs in their in in their future for this year, right? Um, I think they have to make it. Yeah. But I think, uh, you know, I, I don't know, maybe it's going to be a battle between them. You know, I don't know the penguins, the Islanders are good, like, but they're a better playoff team than a regular season team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like last year was the perfect storm for them. Like they got to play a shorter season. You know, they, they, I think they were the fourth place team in the division to make it in, if I'm not mistaken. They were. Can, can they, can they, uh, excel and succeed through 82 games with that roster? We're going to see, uh, I'm not going to say I'm going to count the Islanders out of the playoffs, but I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't make it. Um, so I wouldn't I think, be upset if they don't No, because they're, they're a hell of a team. Yeah, but make that, make that prediction at your own peril to be yeah. there. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so I, you know, they could sneak in maybe three, four. If if a fifth team makes it somehow, maybe they get the fifth team. But I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, what's it, what do you, what's your guys' division called? The East or the Atlantic? Atlantic. Atlantic. Yeah. The Atlantic's yeah. just so top heavy. Yeah, we're Atlantic. It's it's yeah. too loaded. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, between top. Florida, Tampa, um, obviously us, and I'm going to blink on who's our other Canadians. Team they're going to fall off. Toronto. Toronto. Florida, yeah, Toronto. There they are. That's why I can't. We I try, can't think we of try really hard to forget about. Oh them. my gosh! <laughs> but yeah, and then you have the Canadians who just went to the finals, even though I think they're a bottom third team. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, you just don't know, and you want to talk about a team that's better in the playoffs than they are in the regular season. Exactly. That's that's them. But you, we could have five teams out of the Metro, or we could have three. Like it's so hard to predict with this East because we play each other the most, right? Yeah. Three games against everyone in your division, then a couple against the rest of the conference, and then yep. you have a few 
out west. But yep. yeah, it's not going to be like last year where we're just beating up on each other. It feels like every other weekend. But thank God, it's man. like yeah, it, last year it was so much fun to like see some of these rivalries redevelop. But it's also going to be really nice to for the Bruins to go to Canada and play play the Leafs and obviously yeah. play the Habs. And, Go out to the West Coast and give me an excuse to watch a game at 11 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. But I will ask this question just to, to kind of put a bow on it. If the Flyers don't make the playoffs, who, on, over whose head does the axe dangle? Is it Fletcher or is it Vigneault? It's a good question, man. I, I, you know, I, it, I feel like Fletcher's bought himself a couple of seasons at best because you know, he made the changes. He made the tough moves. He gave the coach, you know, the kind of players um, you would think that he wants, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you'd have to start looking at coaches. Uh, based off what we've heard, there's no head to chop off, right? So you can't you, you can't just fire Tarion or you can't just fire Yo. You have to, you have to fire Vigneault, right? Because he's not going to allow you to fire his – he brought them in. Like, he wanted them here. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I would I would assume Vino's gone before Fletcher. Well, with that, with the fact that he brought in those assistants, you know, he was probably given carte blanche when he was hired. You know, bringing all your own guys, bringing bringing mm. all your own guys, and all his own guys are big time assistants. Yeah, so three so. head coaches back. There was it was. That, I found that odd, man. I don't know if that's a good thing to have. You too know, many too cooks many, in the kitchen. Too many. Yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good yeah. point. You guys have a tough start to the season. I was looking at your first 12, and it looks like if you count the Canucks as a playoff team, you have 11 playoff teams (laughs) of the first 12. Do you count the Canucks as a playoff team? I don't, but (laughs) some people do. But that is a brutal stretch. I really wish you guys the best of luck right in the beginning because you get through that, and it it should ease up a little bit. Yeah, it's funny because that's that's when everyone's going to be losing their minds, right? Like Mm -hmm. if they're not like 10 games over 500 after the first 12 games, like Philly goes goes insane. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm hoping that they're 500. You know, you mostly, and we we were talking about this in one of our group chats today, you just want to see them playing good hockey, even if they they lose. Because, you know, the first 10 games, you're kind of just, you're figuring out who you are as a team, your identity and whatnot. So you don't want to see them lay down you know, any games or, or, you know, look like they did last year. You just want them to inspire. Okay. These guys are going to figure it out. Give them a couple games. Usually I give between 12, 15 games. So if they look like they haven't figured it out by game 15, then it start, then I start to worry. There you go. That makes sense. Good makes rule. a lot of sense. A lot of new pieces to work in. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I, think I mean, this, it's basically extended that. preseason right now. Like that's yeah. kind of like what the first five, six games are anyways. Yeah. But yeah. You just don't want to be underwater by the time you get out of that first dozen 15 exactly. games even for but, sure. So I, I, I told you Cam York was probably who I would pluck out of your, your system. Even, even at the uh, NHL level, he would probably be who I would selfishly take who off the uh, Boston roster. Would you grab to throw on your team? Who do you think would be a good fit? Um, so, I mean, the logical choice would be to say Patrice Bergeron because the Flyers need center you help. Yeah. Bastard. <laughs> you bastard. How dare you? But I, I'm not really a logical guy. Like I, I like Brad Marchand a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you have a guy that can, you know, do what he does, all the theatrical stuff and then put up 40 goals or 90 points. It's like, what are you going to do to this guy? You know? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I enjoy watching him play. Um, he's entertaining at the very least. And can also, you know, score a hat trick on you whenever he wants. Yep. 
Yeah, and I don't, I don't know if his personality flies in too many uh, markets, but I definitely think Philadelphia would be oh, one of those sure. markets where he gets embraced. I mean, if you guys Absolutely. are throwing, you guys throwing batteries at Santa Claus and shit down there. So, how old is that? Oh man, it's <laughs> like thirty years. At that least. is a Jesus. Ian, it may be an old reference, but it is a timeless. Reference. Yeah, it is timeless. Y'all boo the city of brotherly love. Never live that down. It's so easy to hate their sports teams, but you have to respect it as a Boston fan because it's the closest thing to yeah. the, the fanaticism that Boston has. Is, is kind Philadelphia? Of, it's a real blood fan brothers. Base. They're kind of yeah. like blood brothers in a way. Yep. See, this is why I root against the Flyers as hard as I do. No offense. <laughs> when your fans have something to hold on to. Oh my God, man. You can't like they're the <laughs> rabbit they're like they're fans that just never stop being fans. They're like Montreal fans. Like you never, no matter what time of the year it is, you're hearing from them. Yep. You know, they exist. Whereas like, I was okay with Tampa winning the cup at this point after obviously we were eliminated. Cause I was like, I'm not going to hear from Tampa as soon yeah. as they're not good again. I'm no, I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Flyers fans, you don't get that luxury. They just are <laughs> always around and they're Never ready stops, to tell you. Off. I love it. I love the fan base. I love to hate it. I should say. Yeah, I think it's mutual. Like mm-hmm. yep. there's, a, there's a respect there. Like we're, we're, we're all pieces of shit, but we love each other. You know, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's it. <laughs> Dude, honestly, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I, I, I hope you guys have a decent season because it's it's got to be better than it was last year. And there are, there are players on that team that I'm absolutely pulling for. Ellis is definitely one of them. I, I enjoy Cam Atkinson. I actually, oh, so I, I've I've met uh, his brother actually because he's yeah. he's a Connecticut kid. Uh, his brother used to go to one of my old bars. Super super nice kid, and showed me pictures of his wedding and all the amazing NHL stars that are at this kid's wedding. Like unbelievable, unbelievable family and. I think you guys are going to get a lot out of him and it'll be nice to see him actually play meaningful hockey for once, or at least in front of a meaningful fan base. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, rude. Yeah. <laughs> Don't we Ain't have nobody a, from Columbus, Columbus listening to this shit? At <laughs> wow. <laughs> we're like, we're going to get a Tampa fan in here eventually. And they're going to shoot on me for what I just said. <laughs> we're, we're making friends. Look at They'll us. Find you. <laughs> They'll find you. They'll find you. James, go ahead and uh, and plug your podcast for us, man. Oh yeah, you can find us on social on uh, Twitter, actually anywhere on social media, Facebook, Twitter, wherever, YouTube. Give us a subscription at Flyers HW. Um, we're going to be doing a ton of post games this year. We record a, a weekly show uh, on Mondays or Tuesdays usually. Um, give us a follow, like some of our content. You can uh, head over to our site hwhockey.net. And uh, yeah, that's it, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. We'll have Absolutely, to have you guys man. on. Uh, we would love oh, that, yeah, and, and honestly, yeah. as the season progresses, hopefully there's another opportunity to get you on here and uh, and kind of see where our predictions lay. Yeah, let's do it. It's always fun. Have a great uh, time, guys. Thank you. Absolutely, man. Have a great night. Have a go, man. Boys. Thanks, James. Later, guys. That guy's really cool. Yeah. We do yeah, have was, two more questions, bad. though. <laughs> two Uh-oh. very important questions. Mm. As per tradition on this podcast, we need a little bit of predictions. Stars on Saturday at 7. And then we go to the Flyers Wednesday, the 20th, 7.30 game. Those are the two games that we're going to see in between now and the next recording session. Andrew, I'm going to start with you. Mm-hmm. What is your prediction for these two games? What's the record? Any score predictions if you if you want to get bold with it? Bruins win 5-2 the opening night. Um, 
I think Dallas's goaltending situation is very unsettled right now. Even though their top six is really fucking good. They, they are probably the most confusing team in the NHL to me. But I believe that with the emotion of opening night, all of these new players, and just a desperation to get on the right foot, I'd say it's going to be 5-2 Bruins for opening night. For Philly, I'll go 4-3 overtime loss. And that was that would be the loss that makes Ian rearrange his entire wall <laughs> with very discordant music in the background, very disquieting music. Uh, I, I didn't tell you guys, I am officially, officially moving first week of November. Fantastic. And um, this is going to be a mess. It's going to be <laughs> awful. It's going to be great. Uh, so I'm going to go with a win over the stars as well. Uh, I think it's 4-1 final. I think the Stars, although they have all that firepower, are going to struggle to score on Swayman, who will be the starter on the opening night. Okay. Uh, That's a bold take there. I think they're going to struggle at first because they are still getting back to the norm, and last year was just the worst for them. I do think that Stars team is good, though. But the 4-1 victory at home, opening night, and then the Flyers is going to be a Carter Hart revenge game. Lake Tahoe revenge we are going to lose that one. Let's let's call it three to one. Mm-hmm. So regulation loss, obviously. Regulation okay. loss. So they split. Yeah. Fair enough. So you're both at five hundred. Mm-hmm. I get I'm, three out of four points. Ian I four. I am going to be the positive one here. Olmark starts night one. That's not very positive. Four two. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, Ian. <laughs> I gotta stop. I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. You're such a dildo. <laughs> Four two. We're gonna get the fourth goal with an op- open net, empty netter at the end. Sagan will have a goal. This is gonna be his first time playing opening night since 2019. Wow. Whoa. Yes, a couple, couple years. A couple years for him to actually make the opening night roster. That poor uh, guy. That's yeah. a hell of a I hate him so but it's much. Gonna be, that poor guy. But it'll be, it'll be a little homecoming for him, and he, I think he'll step up in a big spot, score a goal. But Bruins win 4-2. And then I think we go to a shootout against Gross. the Gross. We're going to go to a shootout, and we... Oh, God, I fucking hate the shootout so much, mostly because this team is so bad at the shootout. But I think we get off on the right foot. I think we have the right fucking lineup now. I think Taylor Hall will be a nice little bump on the shootout lineup. Bruins win in the shootout. You're right. forgetting one thing, Thomas, about what the am shootout I, lineup. What's that? We have a shootout specialist now. Jake Stop. DeBrusque. Stop. Yep. Yep. He did the same thing two Sway- games in a row. Swayman and DeBrusque. That's true. But mm-hmm. Olmark's going to be. You guys are going to look good. <laughs> no, this is maybe. No, I think oh, no, you're Swayman right. plays you said- game two. All right, there you go. Yeah, I think I, we're going to thing... genuinely see a pretty good split for the first dozen to 20 games. I, I think we're going to so. see one and ones Okay. I would say something that the preseason reminded me of, shootouts really do suck. They do. I used to like them. Like, I used to get excited about them, and now I'm kind of like, God, I would love for this to just have a 10-minute three-on-three or be mm-hmm. a fucking tie. Yep. Like, if you can't score a goal three-on-three for 10 minutes, it's a fucking tie. There's going to be multiple rants this year from me about shootouts, because I know that there was last year. Mm -hmm. There's two problems with the shootout. 
number one, it's for the fans in attendance to send them home happy. Most of the time, it just pisses you off. You're getting a point either way. It doesn't fucking matter, but mm, it's an extra point. But we've been so bad at them for so long mm-hmm. that it's just like, even if you're at the game, it's almost like I'm going to go ahead and get up and start walking away because this is just going to piss me the fuck off. Right. Number two, and it's the same thing we're seeing right now in the MLB playoffs with the rules. They're not doing the extra inning rules in the same way as the NHL doesn't do the overtime rules with the shootout when it comes to playoff times. Why? Because it's not a real example of who won a fucking hockey game. Right. It's just not. So it's right. just it's just a gimmick for television. It's a gimmick for the fans in attendance. It's not a good way to actually assess and give points, especially in our division where it's going to be a tight race. Shootouts are fucking trash. Are you guys on the whole team of the three points for a win, two for an overtime win, one for an overtime loss? Like I don't like changing the three. I don't, I don't necessarily I don't like the three. I just I, like, I like a two, regulation like win one. being worth more. Like yeah. I, I, I like the thought of that. And it doesn't I, normally actually change anything. Like if you go back and do the math, it doesn't always change things, but it does a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like you should be rewarded for winning in regulation. I think mm. the shootout had its purpose coming out of that lockout we the the nhl needed a gimmick to grow and gain back grow the sport and gain back former viewers and casual viewers we're not at that point anymore no we're we're years past that point exactly the shootout isn't bringing in new fans right now it's just not i think if you had kept it until maybe 2012 it would have been okay yeah it's the it's the hockey equivalent of ending an NBA game playing horse. I don't even watch I would, the NBA, and I would yeah, I, would, I was gonna say I was like I would just hate to be stuck watching an NBA game to be honest, but yeah, that's, that's just me. Uh, but, oh boy! Wow. So I'm I'm four points. Mm-hmm. Ian's two points, and uh, Andrew's at three points. Wow, we actually are all different. We are that? all different, and one of us is gonna be right. And I can't wait to talk to you guys next week when I'm right. <laughs> Ian, there, there, there is there is a tradition on this podcast during the season which you will learn quickly. Um, Thomas is mostly right, and I am mostly wrong. Please tell oh, my wife that. You please, guys, please okay. tell my wife that. Do you know why? This segment of the pod. <laughs> Do you know why I'm good at admitting when I'm wrong? It's because I have so much practice. So much. <laughs> I, I can't even explain to you, but my gambling luck and uh, my superpower of saying something out loud and the exact opposite happens. Like I have, I know everyone believes this about themselves. I have a literal superpower. My whole life, my whole life, if I say it out loud, it's wrong. So we are not, it, it, the opposite will happen. Two points will be right, apparently, but Love. the games will go the other way. Yep. It's brutal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bye, Ian. All right, bye. I love you guys. Sorry. I'll talk to you guys later. See you later. Bye, man.